Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Trash Mob Show. Featuring me, Megatron X, and Link TV. How are you, my amazing co-hosts doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. And what about you, Link? I'm doing good. Doing good. Just life. Yeah, life can be... Life can be a sometimes. (laughs) 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 I was gonna... But anyway, um, tonight, guys, we're gonna be finally talking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'm wearing my special pin that I have for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, That is the first time that I use it, by the way. (laughs) But I I think I was waiting for the perfect moment to use it. Why not right now? Um, If you are listening to this show on podcast platforms, this show is recorded live every Wednesday night. Um, the time is still to be confirmed, so the day also is going to be confirmed. But um, this show is recorded live, and you can always follow us, each individual of us, on Twitter. It's available on down the descriptions below as well, so you know whenever we're going live. Mag, um, you ready to talk a little bit about Assassin's Creed? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> Link, you're ready to talk a little bit on Assassin's Creed? Just a little bit? Oh, I would say just a little bit. Because uh, <laughs> just this game itself alone, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it has over 100 hours of gameplay available, right? Yeah, I would say a good amount. Um, you can definitely do more, but it, it all comes down to... Um, how much you pay attention to a lot of the lore in it because there's a lot of backstory but i would say easily you can hit 200 hours for somebody who really wants to go in depth with what's going on um and that's including like the dlc as co- of course okay um so a quick background first assassin's creed odyssey was released in 2018 um two years ago and for Stadia, it's a very special title because it was the very first title available on Stadia via the Project Stream. Even before Stadia launching, uh, there was Project Stream when Stadia was just testing grounds on the streaming. And this game was available on Project Stream. At that time, did any of you two knew about it? Did you guys try it? Project Stream? Um, I was not able to try out Project Stream, unfortunately. I don't think I was, uh, I wasn't that invested yet with the idea of Stadia, and I didn't really hear about it until it was really close to being a a thing, like, uh, you know, founders and all that stuff. And I actually learned that through Ashes. Ashes is the one that reached out, because we were both Xbox players, and we had went to PC, and he was telling me about all this stuff, and I'm like, dude, this sounds amazing. And he knew about it way before, and he was telling me, but I, I never got a chance to. What about you, Meg? Yes. Stadia. Um, <laughs> I did not know anything about Project Stream, um, and I did not <laughs> participate in it. <laughs> yeah, don't be ashamed, Meg. Me neither. Uh, to be honest, I heard about Project Stream, but at that time, I was taking a break, I would say, from uh, Assassin's, Creed, uh, Assassin's Creed in general. Um, I had uh, played the very first Assassin's Creed titles, and um, I feel like at that time I was busy with other stuff, and the franchise had uh, taken too much time on me, and I said, uh, I'm taking a break from Assassin's Creed. Um, unlucky me, because this game <laughs> looked fantastic once I bought it, and I had a chance to play a little bit. Um, I, I didn't have the chance to try the new... Um, it's not playstyle. The new genre that this game transformed itself after Assassin's Creed Origins. Oranges. Oranges. <laughs> Oranges. Because <laughs> I see Chris saying here in chat, hello, Eddie Orange, Megatron, <laughs> Bot, and Link. What is that? Uh, uh, a Link. Link. Like a 
like a paperclip link together. Oh wait, no, that's a chicken. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris, what? that's wrong. That's I don't. I don't know what that is. That I'm must scared. be a typo. That must be a typo. <laughs> Usually he does the little chain. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that is. I'm scared though. I don't want to read it. I don't want to read. All it. right. But um, yeah. Oh, the first Assassin's Creed uh, movie on this RPG style. Um, and then this one in the next installment that we're getting on all platforms next Tuesday. Um, but before that, there was this whole franchise uh, that started years ago with people working on Ubisoft that are currently working on Stadia, such as Jade Raymond, um, um, Sebastien Puel, which is the guy responsible for the Montreal studio. And all of these people had working on Assassin's Creed in some time on their career. Uh, I'm going to ask you before, Meg, and Link, I already know the answer and we're going to talk about it, but have you played any of the other Assassin's Creed before this one? Yeah, I played the original and then a couple after that. And then I stopped playing with the one that where you go to America because I didn't like the feeling. Of that one it didn't feel like an assassin's creed game so that's when i quit what about until you? i came back to assassin's creed odyssey okay you took a break from the i think it's called is assassin's creed i think it's assassin's creed 3 correct that one and after that there's assassin's creed 4 black flag which uh, was a launch title on the ps4 i remember because i bought the ps4 with that title and it's curious. Now that every time that we have a new generation, a new Assassin's Creed is coming together with uh, the generation. Um, but what about <laughs> yeah, you, Link? Have you played from all of those? Uh, yeah, all the way through, actually. <laughs> from from the very first till <laughs> now. I've, I've been so invested with this series that it's... Uh, it, it, I wouldn't say it's my life, but it's, it's a pretty big thing I, I would consider myself a fan for it the story is is well preserved in some some of the series at least um i know other ones kind of drifted off like like meg mentioned on uh assassin's creed 3 not feeling like an a, assassin's creed game and i i completely understand where she's coming from mm -hmm. um but when we got like black flag and i think black flag if anybody ever hears assassin's creed black flag knows that that was the pinnacle of Assassin's Creed coming back to life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I missed that. Aww. <laughs> this one is the one that's that you cool, don't Eddie. like. Yeah, yeah the uh, Assassin's Creed. That's the that's Connor, I yeah. believe. Yeah, that's exactly him. That's the one I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <Aww>. Connor. <laughs> well, it still looks cool. <laughs> and I think the only reason you you probably didn't like that one and why it felt so different is because the characters and the story that was portrayed in that one wasn't necessarily tailored to what's been going on. It was more of a which felt like a a backline story in a sense, mm -hmm. or at least it wasn't focused on the idea of what assassin's creed modern day thing was it was just more tied to the history between the assassins and the templars mm -hmm. um link so please go ahead and talk a little bit on the lore of assassin's creed um i don't know if you want to start from the beginning if you want to give uh, a little glimpse like assassin's creed is not actually uh a game that you are playing as the character, you are leaving a memory from that character. Uh, I think that's interesting to, to share with everybody as well. Yeah, so um, a lot of people that look at Assassin's Creed think like, oh, now, you know, we're going back to Roman history. Oh, we're going back to the Viking era, you know, the Anglo-Saxons and stuff. And what it really pertains to, it's kind of going back using the DNA of your ancestors, um, and finding these clues to find these artifacts. Um, and the best way to explain it, uh, you kind of giving the introduction of the original story, uh, the original Assassin's Creed starts off technically in 75,000, I think 111 BC. 
Um, it's basically the precursor civilization known as the Isu race. And you learn about it throughout the whole thing. <laughs> Eddie, what are you doing? I'm showing you guys the Altair. <laughs> um, so yes, you, you learn about the Isu and how they're this uh, civilization that created humans. In a sense, you, you're looking at the gods of creation. It's not one, but multiple. Um, and they created humans in turn to be slaves uh and they also created artifacts to keep these humans subservient to them um but along the road two hybrid isus uh known as adam and eve which you guys all know through any anybody through religion stuff like that um escaped and actually led a rebellion and also stole an artifact which in the first couple series known as apple of eden so they stole this apple and now there's a war raging between the isu and the humans and that's kind of the start of it and as things progress through if you actually follow the story when you kind of look at it through assassin's creed one to now you're actually going i want to say backwards in time if that makes sense it, it, it the story the timelines are very mixed around so the yes. very first one to start is actually um, the crusades era yeah well yeah so yeah they they jump around through eras and where everything starts so odyssey is actually one of the very first after the whole catastrophe that happened with the isu so you learn about Adam and Eve, and then you kind of get into what would be the Polynesian War. That's the very first start of everything. And then, weirdly, it gets into um, Assassin's Creed Origins, and then later down the line, you'll you'll start seeing the resemblance in the timelines. Then you have, you know, the Brotherhood of Assassins and stuff like that, or, you know, the original Assassin's Creed and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, in a sense, what I'm trying to explain is the way the timelines are set in the games being released don't necessarily correlate to how the game's been progressing as far as a the story. They're, they're jumping back and forth. Um, but there are different, there's videos out there where you can learn everything on a, right. on a whim with the actual backstory within like 10 to 20 minutes. It, or even it's not too complex. Uh, and there are, there are longer videos. I remember, uh, I think it was at the beginning of the year, I watched like a 40 minute video. Let's recap everything from Assassin's Creed timeline-wise. Uh, and then they go every single game and every single heritage. Because um, the characters are connected. They're, Correct. They are like grand-grand-grand-grand-grandsons yeah. of grand-grand-grandfathers. Correct. Um, and if you've seen in... If anybody's played the DLC for um, Odyssey, they actually show the connection between Origins and odyssey as far as the ancestry line so it's actually pretty neat that you get to see all that stuff um kind of roll down into it i i thought that was one big thing that i enjoyed but all in all these characters or all these main characters that you see through history eventually are all tied in through a bloodline and that's kind of what the big story is with odyssey is the bloodline um going back to the originals uh, of course, Adam and Eve being those original people. Now, the idea with Assassin's Creed, you're going back through these memories or through through these experiences using the DNA to find these artifacts um, to kind of bring peace because you have two factions. You have the uh, Brotherhood of Assassins, which obviously revolves around your character and the society that you're a part of. And then you have the Templar Order who are fixed on trying to use these artifacts or weapons as uh, devices for world domination in a sense to control the world in their favor. And they, if you find the, you know, the correct one, there's, there's even a device called the eye that lets you rewrite um, the calculations of existence of mm. itself. Like, it, it's, wow. it's, it's pretty crazy. So you're kind of playing the whole hero within the larger story and you kind of get to revisit all these old ancestors along the way and learn the history that they learned and find these um, artifacts and these vaults. Um, 
there's something very interesting the caller said here in chat saying Assassin's Creed is the only reason why I have a good understanding of the American Revolution, the French Revolution, and some unsigned Greece. Yes, which is a big thing. I think what I've always enjoyed about the game is that they revolve around history and they actually make it, um, I wouldn't say like enduring, but they make it fascinating enough to, this is a possibility that could have taken place back then. Do we know? Obviously we don't. I mean, we have books that tell us otherwise, but mm -hmm. who, who knows if all this stuff actually happened or could have happened or it, the possibility there is very close to it. And it makes for, even for a child to just sit there and be like, wow, the history of this is crazy. Like I this was back then. I remember there was, um, there was a case. Uh, I don't remember actually exactly where it was, but I have read, uh, read, I have read, an article about a teacher who said to his uh, students, go play Assassin's Creed so you learn uh, what's going to be on the next test. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. because <laughs> the, the kids went crazy because, all right, so I'm playing a video game to understand the history so I can uh, apply for a test. And the teacher said, yes. So that, that was pretty cool. Uh, Meg. Yeah. When you started playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, of course you went with Cassandra, right? She's a badass. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> um, you haven't finished it. I remember uh, watching your... Uh, actually, uh, while I was getting the gameplay for, um, for the show of tonight, I, I watched a couple of videos of you, and um, I feel like the last time you played Assassin's Creed was at the beginning... Of the year, maybe. Maybe I can't remember. I don't. I think <laughs> I've played it since then. I think I've played it since then. I think I played it maybe in the summer. I'd have to check, but it has been a while. I did get distracted by other games, and I didn't go back to it. I think because it's single player. Yeah, Red Dead. Um, I tend to put my single player games on the back burner mm -hmm. I know. for my I, multiplayer games. I, I feel you completely. But share a little bit of your experience uh, since you put out a few hours. To be completely honest here, I have maybe four hours only on Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And then I ended up jumping you know, everywhere. But... Uh, it's on my backlog. I have the Ultimate Edition as well. I want to do just as Link did. Playing everything, but probably I'm going to be becoming a Viking first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm in the same place. I, th I don't think I'll finish before the next one comes out. Um, I love that game, though. I love the gameplay. I love the... Um, the environment is so beautiful. That's one part I really like. There's so many beautiful like vistas. Um, there's a lot of humor. Yeah, it's a great game. It's really fun. Uh, it's very fast paced, the combat, which I really liked. Um, and it's not, I wouldn't say it's easy. I think I played it on regular mode. Mm -hmm. um, and there's like, there's definitely times where you have to try a few times or try a few different like tactics to to get through all the missions but it doesn't it's a very fun game but it i say I, I have the same feeling it's not it doesn't feel like classic assassin's creed i think because the game the evolved right what's that no i would say using classic assassin's creed because the game kind of evolved after it did after oranges again I, I will say or I will say oranges will forever. Get old. I will that say will oranges forever old. from now. <laughs> yeah, it 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 definitely has. But and but it just it feels like a really fun, cool game in its own right. That just is also called Assassin's Creed, which isn't like you know it's not a bad thing, right? Um, because it still is a really fun game. So Link, tell us a little bit of the beginning of the lore of Assassin's Creed, um, Odyssey. Uh, you can talk a little bit on the outside of the animals and then inside the animals. All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, at least we should tell people what the animus True. really is because <laughs> a lot of people are going to be like, well, what the hell are you talking about? So the animus is a device that is used to replicate memories or events back 
through the DNA of ancestors or the DNA of somebody tied to you, uh, not necessarily directly, uh, but it could be down the line through a, a bloodline or whatever the case. Um, so using the animus, you can revisit these these scenarios and get a glimpse of how things were, uh, what this person experienced and stuff. Uh, in this case, you're using King Leonidas, which a lot of people know through different scenarios, um, whether it be history or even the movie 300. Um, you know, one of the Spartan Spartan warriors. This is Sparta! Yeah, <laughs> and he. I, I'm sorry. Can I make a quick, quick, quick plug? I was playing. Um, I was playing, finishing playing actually, Hitman. Uh, after the, we did the show of Hitman, and there was a mission, and it's the last mission actually, Meg. I don't know if you remember. Uh, when you gotta kill a woman and an old guy, and uh, yeah. I killed the woman as a um, yoga instructor, and. Oh, what? So that's cool. And she's doing like a, a tree pose near an edge. And the the final move that he does, he does the Spartan kick to the woman <laughs> and then she goes flying down. And like, at the time I had Chris on chat and he said, yeah, in this pose, it's called, this is Agent 47. <laughs> but um, I, I'm oh sorry gosh, for the, awesome. I'm sorry for the shameless plug of the other game, but uh I'll, I just remind her of Leonidas, but please, Link, continue. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, so in this one, you're studying Leonidas, who is a obviously king um, of Sparta at one point. And through history, obviously, you know that the 300 Spartans died in the process of protecting um, their land from the Persians. Uh, so going fast forward, you're, you're using that bloodline and you run into your choice of either the male or female protagonist here, which is the male version, Alexios, or the female, Cassandra, which we know Meg chose Cassandra. I actually chose Cassandra as well because personally, I think her voice acting in this game was pretty on par. Like, it was really good. The reactions, the expressions, everything just felt a lot better than I got with Alexios. So I mainly played it for the story. Um, so through that, you use the animus to relive the the experiences and memories of her and learn a lot about um, all of, you know, Roman, Greek uh, history, all the things that went on there. And you come to find out there is a cult, which is known as the Cult of Cosmos, um, basically a secret order trying to control, manipulate the world Um and they're causing this war between uh, Athens and Sparta. And that kind of takes you into, it dives you into the story of what's really going on, who's really controlling everything, who you can trust. Um, and you're just this lonely mercenary who has past memories of, you know, your brother being thrown off or sister in the case, depending on what you choose um, to fulfill a prophecy and you come to find out that you are known as a hero of a hero in this whole thing, which you have the ability to kind of change destiny. You have your own destiny set at your own will. So you can choose to do great things or horrible things. And a lot of these Assassin's Creed games, when they kind of got into the newer stuff, you made a lot of choices. Even in the original Assassin's Creed, you had um, what were known as secret options. Um, that you had to fulfill in order to get different endings. Like uh, you in kill that character or letting you live. Correct, in a sense. You could either do something like that or you can, um, depending on who you ally with and stuff like that. And it'll all it'll alter your ending in a sense. And if I remember correctly, I had an ending that was different than Ashes, who had played and finished it multiple times. And out of all the times, they were never the same. And one other person, if I remember, that had a completely different ending as well. So you can obviously see that a lot of the choices that you make throughout the whole game will still influence differently in the very, very end. Well, that's so, the, it's the good part of the RPG element uh, in the play, right? So um, Correct. Depending on how you select on a few 
dialogues of uh, or missions that you how you select to approach a few missions that will interfere how your character will build during the game right correct yeah so depending on what you did uh, would obviously build up to this this ending um and it's something that they've implemented throughout the whole series so going through this one you learn about the cult of cosmos you learn about the history of your ancestors and why you were doing all this stuff you learn about your true father who is um part of the isu race or i think it was half isu hybrid um and then you if you dive into the dlc you learn more about the isu um that are named after the greek gods so hades um persephone Poseidon, all these different ones. They all have specific names and they're all kind of, they're all really important. Um, but you start learning a little bit more about the original history of the Isu in the DLC. And that was one of my favorites because like I've mentioned, the lore in this game, when it gets to the actual modern day stuff, it starts getting into some crazy, um, you wouldn't even believe if I was talking to you, you think I'd like be crazy, some guy out of the psych war talking about a futuristic <laughs> civilization that created yet yeah, so you learn a lot of stuff in this game in all these games um and it's just it, it's putting it all together and having this what feels like this novella in a sense or you know drama series <laughs> because there's so much going on but it, it's a really good game Link, and i think you mentioned the dlcs right so, mm -hmm. AC Odyssey has a few editions available on Stadia. There's a, there's the base game, there's the Stadia Ultimate Edition, and there's another in-between edition as well, I don't remember. But um, when, I have, when you have the Stadia Ultimate Edition, do you remember the name of the DLCs that we get? Uh, yeah, so you actually get, if I remember, there's two DLCs that have three episodes in them. So the first DLC um, is called the uh, something of the first blade, I believe. Uh, shoot. Um, the Chronics of the first blade, maybe? No, it's not that. Shoot, uh, it's going to bug me. Assassin's Creed. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it. Here. It's don't it's, worry. Lit it's literally going to kill me because I don't know. Legacy, legacy of the first. Yeah. So legacy of the first blade kind of dives back into um, a little bit towards like Egypt and stuff. So you start learning about some of the things with Assassin's Creed Origins, um, and it's kind of like that spacer in between. And that's what I was mentioning that you have that. Um, you have that tie between those two that kind of tell the relationship between who's what in origins and how it how it kind of portrays the the protagonist in odyssey to flow over to it and in stretching this bloodline uh, which is a really good one and then the second one that you get which is the fate of atlantis and That's that one the... focuses more towards the isu that is a beautiful one. I remember watching your gameplays and uh, it goes um, to Atlantis in the Atlantis on this game. Look at amazing. All yeah. shiny, etc. Uh, you hit some crazy areas. So you, you hit the underworld with Hades. You hit um, Elysium, which is the borderline between, I guess you can call it limbo in a sense, but it's also, con yeah, I would call it limbo. Uh, but it's also ruled by Persephone, which is, if you've learned the stories of the Greek gods, Persephone was kidnapped by Hades and didn't like it. So he gave her a a world or a space that she can call her own and created this paradise for her. And so she chooses how she wants to rule the area, who can stay, who has to go. But only people that have passed can go there. So you can call it kind of like a... a limbo. Um, it, yeah, in a limbo state. So, uh, hey. But then, yeah, Underworld and Atlantis. One thing that caught my attention on this game, it's how they use uh, metaphors 
for for this kind of thing, as you were saying. They have the names which connects to different mythologies, uh, like mm -hmm. uh, or uh, even different religions, um, all connected together in the same game. That's uh, something that uh, it it, uh, uh, it gives me pleasure watching or playing this game, um, just because of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, def I definitely agree. That, that's one of the more creative sides to it is how they were able to incorporate so many different um, ideas of gods, religions, um, all, all these different faiths all together and still keep it, uh, I guess the word you would want to say is civil without having the argument of which one's better or anything mm -hmm. like that, without getting into the politics of what religion is. It was more of a sense of, this is the history and how it can be portrayed in this sense. It wasn't actually saying this was uh, a, an official what history was. So it, it was nice to see that they didn't focus on one. They took the opportunity to equally devise it between a bunch of different um, eras and a bunch of different religions together. Meg, I'm going to ask you a question that I have asked you before in other shows that we did. Stealth or Fusroda? <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> so generally my tactic in this game is I'll sneak for as long as possible until I get caught and then all <laughs> hell breaks loose and I fight my way out of it. And that's pretty much how every single thing I do goes. So <laughs> when you are sneaking and uh, which are your favorite weapon for this kind of sneaking style and when uh, it's time to, okay, I can't sneak anymore, I'm fighting. What was your favorite weapon? So I like to try to get up close and kill them when I was sneaking. So like just stab them in the back or slit their throats because then you're right on their body and you can hide the body at the same time, <laughs> um, which I really like. So I like to get close and sneak like um, in the tall grass there. I'm just looking at the little the stream that we're playing of Link's gameplay. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff, exactly like that. And then once I get caught, I, I ended up using... Like the spear or the quarterstaff? I don't know. I can't remember what the game calls it. Link would know. Because you could kind of keep them at a distance with that thing. Um, and so, and I liked her moves and her maneuvers that she had with that weapon. So I ended up using that. Um, so that was kind of like my go-to. And I'm not very good with her her bow and arrow. I like, I never use that. Very rarely. Um, what I'm seeing from Link that I find very interesting is that the bow and arrow, of course, you can put fire as well so you have a, a fire arrow that are probably do more damage than regular arrow uh link i have a question yes sir well and uh, i'm a little bit ashamed to ask this question but <laughs> what's the deal with icarus well <laughs> what do you what do you mean what's the deal with them um so you start the game having this bird right Mm -hmm. as a gift mm -hmm. from the gods mm -hmm. and that's it so you got a gift from the god that nobody else in the world have that gift well i mean it goes back to the whole you are a half isu hybrid the gods being are the isus in general mm -hmm. so the the isu uh in a sense or half the half isu the hybrids mm -hmm. uh, have some of the abilities of isus which makes them so that they're you know they have these abilities and i think that's when they really incorporated it towards origins where you see these um you see that they have these skills to shoot an arrow and control it you have these abilities to you know full sparta kick somebody off a building and stuff like that and you know all these different bull charges um Whatever the case may be, but you have you have these abilities, and it all ties to being half Isu uh, through your bloodline. Got it. Thank you. So, <laughs> yeah, you you're you're able to be gifted this this bird, and it actually comes back to what's funny is that same bird. Um, if you've ever played Origins, is eventually that same bird that that finds its way over to to that one. But it, that's that's the whole idea. Is this bird has always been everywhere in the story that is one of the key okay. features that you see and starts to make sense is you progressively go through the story that 
you are half Isu hybrid and you have these abilities, you're gifted this bird as a protector, as, as a, a weapon as well, you know, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. so. And on gameplay, uh, what can you do with Icarus? Um, you can use it for uh, basically intel. You can scope, you could scout out areas, highlight enemies. You, act, you can actually use Icarus as a diversion, and he can also attack people. So if you're fighting, he can uh, occasionally come down and peck at people. And if you build it right, it, 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 what's funny is I say the word build it because, yes, there are builds with these newer Assassin's Creed games where you can build a, a specific set of armor or skill set and it'll give you like so many, so many points in you know, your bird doing so much damage or you doing stealth damage, like, is increased, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, the having that bird is, like, one of the key features of this game, and I hope they never take it away. <laughs> you use it a lot, Bray. I I use it for everything because it's it's really important to know, one, where the enemies are, and two, it, it expands on your tactic on which way to approach the situation, whether you have a lot of enemies or you have... Uh, a very small amount of enemies and that kind of goes back to um <clears throat> the whole stealth or non-stealth if it's two people i'm pretty sure meg would have the strength to be like yeah i could probably take those guys out but if it was like 30 people on one square she'd be like well, i should probably take them out from a distance first Meg, <laughs> mm, <Megan>, no <laughs> leroy jenkins <laughs> <laughs> Mag, what else are the mechanics on this game that uh, you like the most? Um, another part that we haven't talked about yet that I do really enjoy is the um, the ships. I was going to say battleships. They are battleships. You battle on them. Yes. So I really like exploring and sailing around. Um, and then I don't. I'm not very good at the fighting aspect. I'll like shoot a few shots and then like panic and then run, or sail away. Um, but it's still really fun. And just like the whole vibe, the music, and seeing the um, seeing the water and like oh my god, it's just it's beautiful. But yeah, there is a whole ship fighting aspect that you can really get into and you can customize a lot of your um i was gonna say like perks i guess they're like perks by choosing your shipmates so you can like you can recruit people by either like talking to them and convincing them through quests to join you or like if you just see someone you like you can like attack them and knock them unconscious and then like force them to join your crew i don't really know how realistic that aspect is but anyways yeah, that's that's kind of a cool part of the game. Link, you have anything to add on that? And uh, we'll follow the question. Does uh, it is it a, a somewhat similar to Black Flag? Uh, to an extent, yes. Um, the only difference I believe I saw well. So the whole upgrading your ship is similar. You have to get a certain amount of resources uh, in order to upgrade the ship's hull for, you know, health and armor, um, the cannons or whatever the case to do more damage. Um, in this sense, it, it was a different style, of course. You know, back then it was um, back in the Romans, you didn't have like the idea of putting chains on a cannonball, shooting them out and doing mm -hmm. massive damage mm -hmm. that way. It was just more of you had cannons and arrows. And so that's what they had used. Um, Upgrading-wise, it's the same way. But like Meg mentioned, the the shipmates, lieutenants, whatever you want to call them, they um, they end up giving the perks that you would want for your for your ship. So, for instance, faster reloads or uh, more damage when you're a specific health or whatever you can even think of is there some crazy ones but you're able to put four lieutenants or crewmates with you on board that help you and they actually fight with you if you happen to do um a what's it called if you happen to dock on another ship or board another ship they actually get to fight with you but uh, they're, they're your, super useful those are crew. Black flag. i'm sorry no please continue 
um, Black Flag, you didn't get a chance to do any of that. It was just more of you got to upgrade the ship. Um, but the one thing that I will say that they took away that I'm kind of bummed uh, was you got to fit, you got to hunt exotic fish in yes. Black Flag. And I really wish they would have brought that back because you could have done something like the Kraken or, you know, whatever this Ooh. is may be. That would have, or like a Hydra or something, would have made it really interesting because it's Roman Greek mythology. It's so. true. I, I remember uh, hunting a great white shark. Dude, um, yes. Or the albino whale. Oh. And the other thing uh, that uh, reminded me so much of Black Flag was the crew singing songs. Of course, were pirate songs at the time. So, does the crew sing yep. here or while you are shipping? I'll leave that one to Meg. Yeah, they do. They have all different shanties and they sing them. Uh, <laughs> it's so cool. There, I think you can even like hit if you don't like that one, you can tell them like next. Like you can skip <laughs> to the next one. It's like Spotify. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> your crew, your Spotify. Yeah. No, they they do have uh yeah the shanties that they sing are I think one of the the coolest just minor features that they have to it that just add the aesthetic to it like to be on a ship and just hear those songs from the past pop in they they do a really good job with those really good job <laughs> can you put your crew on repeat or on shuffle mode <laughs> 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 okay so um from the the battles on, on the ships link uh what about you mechanics wise the, is there something you would like to add that we didn't talk about um the only thing i could probably mention is to experiment a lot with with the especially with this game experiment with the builds like don't think that you're you know if you constantly use a sword and stuff i highly recommend trying any of the other weapons you might find something you like um, heavy maces or blunder weapons do a lot of damage, uh, but they're just slower. Um, and then like Meg mentioned before, pole arms, they're great for keeping people away um, and do a decent amount of damage. But you can also find armor pieces or, you know, add some stuff to armor pieces from the blacksmith to kind of recalibrate it to, to help those said weapons that you're using or you know defenses and stuff like that this game has what's similar to a um a prestige so once you hit a certain level or threshold with skills you'll start gaining um you'll start gaining the ability to use those points to kind of finer tune your your character to you know um you can add a point in to do more damage with swords it's a small percentage but the more that you stack it obviously the more damage you're going to do mm -hmm. or more total armor or you know whatever the case may be but definitely experiment till you find something that you like and you're constantly going to be going through a lot of stuff i would suggest just figuring out what you like to play with uh, as far as your weapon um and then the looks don't even worry about the looks of the armor worry about what the armor perks give you because they have a cosmetic feature in here that lets you change mm. the outlook of your character, um, which I started doing later on during the DLCs. I kind of um, followed it with the story because after the first DLC, you kind of go into this um, hiding from all these people and stuff. So I chose my outfit to look more like I was a hidden person in the world, an assassin, so to speak, instead of this uh, this hero looking spartan <laughs> nice um right now we're just experiencing you finishing climbing ahead of a bull man i want to say that yeah so it's uh it's a the minotaur actually oh yeah it's the island it's of the minotaur, minotaur. <laughs> and you're using the uh the vantage points here so these are one of the big things that help you their their fast travel locations and when you jump off of them, you kind of obviously see that there's safe, sometimes safe place to fall, but it looks very, very dangerous. And I don't think anybody would be doing that in real life. <laughs> uh, it, it's interesting because um, the leap of faith has been a brand uh -huh. from Assassin's Creed. 
for a while uh, before you was to follow haystacks. Then mm -hmm. uh, it um, amplified everywhere. Even amplified um, the leap of faith to Watch Dogs. The, yeah, actually, yeah. Did you saw that one, clip? Right? Yeah, I did. That was. Uh, you know what we're talking about, neat. Meg? What's that? Zolink, please <laughs> explain. Go, go ahead, Eddie. I'll, I'll let you because you you brought this one up. Go ahead. Um, so, uh, during this last Watch Dogs Meg that was released last week, there's one part where you climb a uh, part of London. And then you jump, and when you're jumping down, they do a leap of faith with the sound uh, beat from Assassin's Creed, and then he falls on the water. So oh, like, that's cool. Like a small Eastern egg. That's very cool. That sound is like ingrained in me yeah. from the first one. Caca! Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that is, that is the iconic Assassin's Creed uh, sound. Um, so before we, we wrap up here and talk a little bit on the next installment on this franchise, uh, Link, when you finish the DLC, uh, because, uh, well, we, even on the DLC, when you were finishing and finishing, because what I mean is the main story, then the DLC, and then the actually multiple DLCs, but before I just remember another question that I had. This game here, it receives so many uh, positive reviews and a lot of bit of negative and sometimes on some guys because of the amount of side quests. The number of side quests on these games are huge, right? Oh, man. I mean, any RPG game that you play is filled with side quests. I mean, we, look at Skyrim. Skyrim is, is a heavy RPG game and right. same thing. Just filled with with different lore uh different things that yes sometimes will tie together other times won't the thing with the side questing here some of those quests do pertain to some of the older stuff and actually tie it together right hmm. and that's kind of cool have you done most of the side quests I actually did all of them. <laughs> I, did. I, I did every single side quest. I think the only thing that I did not finish was a repeatable one that you have to do multiple times to kill uh, a specific enemy, uh, type of enemy, I should say. And you collect their like polearm stamps and then uh, turn them in. And I think you have to do it like five or six times because there's one that you do in Athens and then there's one that you do for Sparta. So you, you mm. kind of choose which one you want to do. But you could do both. You could do both. Because um, I, I was talking about side quests because I remember on the next installment of Valhalla, looks like there's going to be less side quests than uh, we had here on Odyssey. Probably because somebody, some people gave the feedback that there was too much side quests. There, in this one, there was a good, a good hefty amount. I'm not going to lie. Um... But at the same time, you got to understand when you do these side quests, they're not only there as filler, but they're also there to help you level as you progress through the story. Because there's going to be points where you're going through the story, right. and if you're just heavy driven on story mode, you might be under leveled by the time you get to where you need to be, or or where you you know where you are going next. Like uh, yeah, like you could you could be doing stuff that's all you know level five, and then it's saying okay now for this stuff you need to be level twenty. Well, okay, now you have to, you know, go back. But I know in, in some of the stuff, they started doing the whole scaling. Um, so everything scales together. Yeah, Ash is... Which, which Ash has just literally just said. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as I read it, everything scales. Yeah, so, yeah, you don't have to grind as much anymore. But um, that kind of goes back to, like, having the abilities and stuff like that. Some people want to want to do it. Some people don't. Uh, I don't mind it, honestly. I personally don't. Mm -hmm. it's for me it's more story more backstory in a sense um some of them are really funny some of them are super humorous uh and other times they're very like very dark and ooh. um but yeah there's you'll learn stories especially with odyssey you'll learn stories about you know uh socrates and all that stuff and i think that was cool that for me that was a really good a really fun one because i i love philosophy and to see him 
there was super huge for me. I was like, oh my God, like to go back and, and see how somebody portrays uh, Socrates, one of the greatest philosophers, mm-hmm. and, and to sit there and see, and you're just like, God, dude, is this really how he was? <laughs> <laughs> like annoying? <laughs> and that's, that's literally the case. Like, you know, you read the history books, people call them a pest. Yes. And it was just like, man, you guys spot on hit it. Like, this is so good. Yeah, you, you're talking about um, personalities I remember on Assassin's Creed uh, 2. Uh, it wasn't on two. Yeah, it probably was. That uh, you had Leonardo da Vinci. Yes, exactly. Then he builds the um, he builds a suit for Ezio that uh, he flies. But Leonardo da Vinci always like very agitated and creative, mm-hmm. and, and it makes you wonder, man, was that guy really like that and something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, really... it, it's it's nice how they do those personalities and how they try to fit it as close as they can. They do, they do a really good job. Like I, I my hats off to the team that studies all that to get it down to the T like that's one, a lot of work, but two, a lot of dedication to, to fulfill that. Right. Um, so link, how would you like to, how would you like, no, how would you wrap up everything that happened uh, on lore wise on Odyssey in preparation for Valhalla? Um, let's see. Or uh, like, yeah, how is the scene set up? For uh, well, we don't know Valhalla because inside of a, let's say inside of the animals, but um, probably outside of the animals, we have an idea how things are going on right now. Yeah. So uh, the best way to kind of conclude everything, you obviously, um, being a hero, you confront the the cult and stuff like that. You stop the cult and bring peace. Um, going through the DLCs, you. You learn about the the brotherhood that's in Persia, you know, the legacy of the first blade, the first assassins, um, and kind of leads you into what's what's to come. Uh, well, you learn the history, I guess, in a sense, but what's eventually already happened. But now you're you know you're living in the the before tense, and then with the fate of Atlantis, you learn about the Isu, and you know you're this guardian, this protector of knowledge and power where you're passing on this ability or this um this protection to somebody else so as we get into uh valhalla we're going to start learning more about i i'm I'm hoping this is this is just me speculating but i'm hoping we're going to learn more on how the isu um are affected against these humans and and the war between the two because you obviously know through history, through the modern Assassin's Creed history, there's a war between Assassins and Templars, those that want to rule the world and those that want to protect the world. So far, we've been doing a great job of protecting it, but there's still the 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 order out there trying to control it. And I'm, I'm, I don't know if Valhalla will be the last of it, but I do hope that we start getting a little bit more answers on what the what the isu are really trying to do now that this war has started and are they going to step in between both the order and the brotherhood or are we going to see a full-on fight now because one of the themes that i noticed in valhalla was um when you look at vikings you think very uh frenzied very brutal so it, it makes me feel like okay there's a war coming and it's not necessarily in the game it's also or excuse me in the animus but also outside of the animus so i'm I'm wondering how much action we're gonna get but it's getting me hyped up but at this point you should just know the outside of the animus you have layla who is the descendant of the brotherhood looking for these artifacts the last thing that was said with the odyssey game is she found the staff of Herdmis, and he, that basically gives her eternal life until she passes it on. Um, and so she's going to now use this staff as a weapon against the Order. So now we're getting into this, what left us as a cliffhanger, to see what's going to happen once Valhalla starts. And that's going to continue, I think, the next 
what, what would be now the trilogy because it started with Origins, then we had Odyssey, and now we have Valhalla. So I feel like it's going to be similar to Ezio's Assassin's Creed 2, The Brotherhood, and then Revelations. Mm. That is going to be interesting to see. Because um, that uh, on Assassin's Creed um, and two uh, Revelations, we had Desmond, right? Correct. And uh, that was the, the closure of uh, Desmond um, storyline as well. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Desmond. We should do, uh, we definitely should do at once uh, Discord, each Meg's Discord or your Discord, uh, watch along party with uh, everybody to see. All right, guys, let's watch here in preparations for Valhalla, the storyline of Assassin's Creed. Do you know how long that would take? No, no, no. Meaning <laughs> not watch every single CG uh, from the games, but like a, one of those videos then we said, uh, okay, this is 40 minutes resume of everything um, that happened. Yeah. I mean, there, there's plenty out there. I mean, you can find one that's kind of like that, that explains what's going on as far as the in the animus and outside the animus or you can even find ones that are just the basic outside stuff if that if if people are curious about that you can watch the i think there's one like for 11 or 10 minutes that explains the isu part like you know what started this all mm -hmm. and and kind of still incorporate where these these games kind of timeline into it so it all makes sense to you so meg what are you most excited about uh, Valhalla? I'm most excited for the setting. I think that the Vikings is a really cool choice. Um, and I just expect it to be really like hardcore and everybody to be really bloodthirsty. Maybe that's a stereotype, but that's what I'm hoping and expecting. So, <laughs> I mean, we secretly know that Meg is bloodthirsty. When she plays games, she gets really aggressive. And I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining whatsoever. But to see Meg in a different scenario playing a game that's a little bit more calm, and then you see a game with a lot of action and violence, and she just, it's like night and day. Like, if you, yeah. if you saw the one she did with Doom, Meg, oh my god. Meg playing the Lost Words, Meg playing Doom. Yep. <laughs> Yes, there's definitely a different side that comes out. But that's the sign of a good game. It can give you that rush and make you like feel things you don't feel in everyday life. Absolutely. Say maybe yeah. when you're driving, but like <laughs> other than that. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm excited to to kind of like experience this bulking bulking <laughs> Viking culture that they've created. Vikings. Uh Meg, final question to you. AC Odyssey, a score from zero to ten. I'll give it a seven out of ten. Okay, I'm I will give it a seven. Can you explain a little bit why? It's a really good game, but I think it's almost. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it needs, but there needed to be something because I did lose interest after a few hours um, and moved on to other games. And I feel like if they had, I don't know, done something different, made it more gripping, I could have gotten really addicted. It almost seems overwhelming when it's explained to you, like all the territories that you have to take over um by do by weakening the the area and then taking down the leader it just seems like so much it's so expansive and the thought of having to go through all of that seems very daunting so i think they actually should have maybe scaled back a little bit so maybe they have done that like with you said valhalla. with less side quests and stuff in valhalla so for that reason i'm going to give it a seven out of ten okay um i feel like if i give a score i will be um, a little bit injustice because I didn't play too much. As I said, I play only four hours, and I only play four hours because I knew that I would need to play a lot of hours on this, and I didn't have the time available to do it. And that's why I stalled on playing it. But I won't give it a seven. So uh, it, it, either way, from what I could see so far. On the live streams, because I watched a lot of live streams. I, I, once again, I played four hours, but maybe I watched about 50 hours of live streams of uh, Odyssey. I would give it a nine and a half or even a ten. <laughs> but what? Yeah, because uh, as an RPG fan of uh, 
not only an RPG fan, but a fan of uh, the, the play style and the, the mythology that this game takes place. And uh, the gameplay, the graphics, uh, the Stadia port, the availability to play everywhere, I would give it a, a nine and a half. Wow. Link. Sir? That's a game of the year. <laughs> for Stadia? Or just in general? No, in general for you when you play, can you consider one of the best games on Stadia? Oh, yeah. in, in your yeah, score, thought, please. It, it's up there. As far as its genre, yeah, no, definitely. Um maybe very minor things, but I'd still I'd still rate it like the lowest I would go is maybe a nine point eight. Lowest, for, for sure 10. lowest <laughs> the lowest i would go is 9.8 100 percent. yeah no it, that that game has so many different things and has came so far from the original especially even with origins that just it, it speaks for the heavy rpg fans and also those that like a nice hack and slash with rpg elements so there's a lot of great stuff in that game that just it, it it's always it's always fun to experiment in that game and i think that was one of the biggest things it doesn't matter how you played it you can play it so many you could have done it so many different ways and it would still feel so good for everybody i would even add uh, since you mentioned rpg because i've seen it in a in a few forums and facebook groups people calling uh, this is not Assassin's Creed anymore. This is uh, this is not an Assassin's Creed title. Yes, it is an Assassin's Creed title that evolved. Just as The Witcher 3, it's a great game. And it's an RPG. This can be compared to The Witcher 3 in terms of uh, RPG likeness. Oh, God. That's... I feel like The Witcher is a very hardcore RPG. Like... One, that game had so much lore. I think even more than Odyssey. But two, the way that they have everything set up is a very complex um, like inventory and skill setup. Like that game is, is... That game gave you an option for a weapon to slay humans and a weapon to slay demons. And then it also gave you mutations that would, one, benefit you in a specific way that were, like, segregated in three different type of mutations, like a red, blue, and a green. It, it was, yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of stuff that went with that one. But as far as, like, lore and map, oh, God, that thing had so many side quests. I didn't even know where the hell I was going. <laughs> like, The Witcher is, is AC, like... The Witcher's Assassin's Creed on crack. <laughs> like 100% when it comes to like lore and stuff. That thing is way out there. Like you would have to watch some of the older stuff just to know where you are in The Witcher 3. Like it it if you didn't follow it, like you no. No, dude. Can, can <laughs> it's I, fun. Can I watch uh, the uh, the the Netflix show? The Netflix show kind of helps but it i mean you're still in like the very beginning of everything okay. like you're not you're, you're barely learning all this stuff but three when i played three after so long of you know one and two um it wasn't hard for somebody to kind of get into it because the intro kind of shows you what's going on at least at that point but still like learning the stuff it was very it, it's a lot of stuff Okay, okay. Um, final topic because I said Netflix and I remember. Did you guys? Did you guys saw that oh Netflix? It's working on an original series for Assassin's Creed. I'm so excited to see that series. If there was anything I could be more happy about, is that it's being a TV series or an ep episodic series, not a movie. Because you cannot fit Assassin's Creed in a movie, 100%. You can fit each game into maybe a season or two, but not, yeah, nothing, nothing like that. And I think that's probably going to be one of the greatest things that I'm excited for with Netflix is they're taking these huge leaps to turn video games into shows, like a proper. And they do a good job. Yeah. They do, they do a great job. 
Um, just my final piece I want to show everybody here. Uh, <laughs> this one. Which is that? Uh, is that Ezio? No, this one is from the movie. That's oh. Aguilar from the Michael Fassbender. So, great I, actor. Horrible great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for saying that. But uh, <laughs> indeed, uh, it's great actor, great concept, horrible movie. Yeah, that's a hundred percent like that. He is I got one so, of the best actors. I, I got us so excited when it was announced. Um, like Assassin's Creed is gonna have a movie, and I, oh my god, it's gonna have a movie! I cannot wait to see everything. Who's gonna play Desmond? Who's gonna play Ezio or whatever? Uh, no. They put it aside. <laughs> they completely butchered that, dude. Like, who's Aguilar? What are what's what? Yeah. What? That, that has nothing to do with the first one. What, what? If and you... the animus was oh god, the animus. Ah, oh, that animus. Uh, that looked like Doctor Octopus from <laughs> from Spider Man. Um, yeah. If you guys didn't watch, please don't go watch. <laughs> it's not worth. <laughs> no. If if it's free. It's at your own discretion, <laughs> but don't pay for it. Please don't pay for it. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, like just... I said, I love the actor, but that one was just a really, really big letdown, especially like a, for gamer fans. Like I am a huge fan of Dragon Ball Z, and there was that uh, live action movie from Dragon Ball Z. I said, don't watch. Uh, I would say the same thing here for this one. <laughs> but all right, guys, uh, we're going to wrap up here the podcast audio part of the show gonna continue having a chat here with everybody on the live stream uh but before we wrap up uh, i want to thanks again megatron x thank you link tv for bringing the knowledge of assassin's creed for our audience tonight of course and we see you on the next episode of the trash mob show say bye max say bye link bye bye audio listeners bye guys <laughs>